Hello. Welcome to A Girl in Sweaty Spandex. I'm Lauren Treslow, and I'm here to be real and break down the impossible standards of women while turning up the positivity and self-love. And today, we are going to dive into business ownership. Pro tips, we're going to talk about scaling, team, your non-negotiables. This has been an ask from multiple people out there, and so... Okay, I'm finally getting around to it. Yes, here it comes. And you know I love to talk about business. I It's my everything. It's such a passion of mine. Small business owners, women in business, so, so, it's just, it's everything to me. So I wanted to just kind of go through some of my top thoughts on on just on business. And it doesn't matter if you have some you know, multiple businesses and all these employees, or if you're starting out fresh, or if you're thinking about wanting to start a business. I think it's just some some random thoughts of mine that I feel like are really, you know, just over the years, this is what I've learned. So number one, I, I think picking something that you're passionate about, that doesn't feel like work. Because some people will come and they're like, I'm, I'm going to start a business because I need to make money. I need a job. I need, you know. Instead, people who come to me and they're like, okay, what should I do? I'm like, okay, make a list of all the things that you're passionate about, that you love, that, that gets you excited. So, you know, great example. When I first, my first business was a fitness studio. So I wrote all the things, you know, like I'm passionate about this. Well, fitness is one of them. At the time, my fitness job paid $5 a class, but how could I turn that into to an actual job that I could have an income from versus, you know, I definitely lost money, <laughs> lost money on that quote unquote job. Um, and so opening a fitness studio was what I wanted to do. There's a lot of different things I could do. My dad was a small business owner and I could have jumped in and, you know, worked with him what I was passionate about was fitness. I lo- I love it. I still love it. And so it doesn't feel like work because I've chosen something that still gets me excited when I wake up in the morning. And it's important to love what you do because business ownership is 24-7. I mean, really. You have to be, and I feel like you got to be fully in it for a long time before you can start stepping away in bigger chunks. I remember... One day there was a, a professor, and I still remember this, it was my husband. They said, okay, what what is a small business owner? And somebody's like, you know, someone who owns a small business. And he said, nope, <laughs> a small business owns you. And I was like, I mean, that, it, that kind of rings true, truly. It is, you know, this morning at the 5.30 a.m. class, or it, honestly, it's happened many times, like, oh, the music's out. You know, and they're like calling to, how do you, how do you navigate this? How do you walk through? Oh my gosh, there's somebody lurking outside. <laughs> like, you know, oh my gosh, there's, I don't know, whatever it is. If, or it could be 530 in the morning. It could be eight o'clock at night when we're closing. And they're like, they're, the, do I take the trash out? I mean, it's, it's constant. And at least in my businesses, we are open almost every single day of the year whether it's from the nail bar or bar three, like we hardly close because we are in the service industry and people want to work out and get their nails done on holidays. I mean, we're not open on like Christmas day and stuff, but 
you know, it is a lot of days. And I remember at the beginning, I taught a ton of classes. I was at the desk. I mean, you name it, I was I was doing it. So it, it is a 24-7 operation. Eventually, you know, 10 years down the line, here I am, and you feel like you can step away and people are there to to be you, you know, while you're not there. But it's still, it's a constant. So you got, you really do have to love what you do. Okay. Next, I think jump on opportunities when they present, present themselves, you know, no risk, no reward kind of thing. Action is key. Now there's a difference between taking action and being impulsive. You know, it's not like I just am like, Oh, let me go buy a new building. I mean, there are definitely big things and big money that you have to really kind of agonize over and think about and run the numbers and do that. But there are also times like you better jump and you better jump quick or you're going to lose the opportunity. It, the nail bar, well, honestly, Lake Murray, my Lake Murray studio and both nail bars kind of came to be that way. When I had opened my first studio and the territory at the lake was still open and people were driving one, you know, one way. And then I got pregnant with the twins. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. Now I'm going to have these twins. And a lot of my clients, it was actually one of my clients. She was like, no, I found you a spot. Please do it. And I, I really didn't want to lose out. I worked so hard bringing the first studio to Columbia. I was like, I can't let somebody come in and just buy the second territory right underneath my nose. And I was like, okay. So I drove out there. She showed me, she's like, this is where it could be. It would be perfect. And it was like, I'm a big gut person, like go with your gut. And I was like, this is it. Now the twins were, goodness gracious, y'all, they were little. And I was like, okay, we got to take action here because it is the perfect spot. And if I don't do it, somebody else is going to come in and do it. And this is where we need to be. So I just did take action. Uh, the nail bars were the same way. Like a spot came open available for the first one. And I'd always kind of wanted to do it. And, you know, the landlord at the time, before that was before we moved, it said, okay, well, there's this little spot open. I didn't know if you wanted it for your, for your studio. And I was like, well, I don't necessarily want it for my studio, but I might want it for something else. And right then and there, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it because this is, it needs to be in this, you know, right next door so we can go back and forth and action. Action is key. Hire people to cover your weaknesses. So I love marketing. I love strategy. I love the big ideas, the big dreams. You know, I don't, I'm not great at numbers. I mean, I look at my KPIs, obviously, all the time, but accounting is not my favorite. So, I mean, the first person I needed to hire is an accountant. And I need to make sure she, she or he, I have never she, she is awesome and can help me on my shortcomings and my weaknesses. And because I'm that big dreamer, you know, like our COO, she's, she's really grounded and she kind of keeps me grounded and keep things on track when I'm like, Ooh, what about this idea? 
<laughs> and she nicely corrals me back and, and pulls me. Okay, yeah, that's great. But if we could like finish this first, that would be great. So you need to hire people that help fulfill your shortcomings. And on top of that, when you hire people, try to hire them for their strengths. Now, that's such a cliche interview question like, oh, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? There are other ways to ask those questions to kind of pull it out. But we've done a lot of reevaluating in the last few years. And yes, we need X, Y, and Z done. But who's good at X? And who's really good at Y? And who's good at Z? To make sure it's something that elevates the whole company and the whole team. Your team, by the way, is your everything. Love on them. Celebrate them. Spoil them. Highlight their successes. I spend a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of energy loving on my team. And because of that, we've have, we have people that, I mean, all of our instructors, most of them have been with us for a long time. And we are like a family. You know, we go on yearly retreats. We have a an exec retreat, I take them away for the weekend. We have an instructor retreat, I take them away for the weekend. You know, we have all these different things that we do to make sure that everybody feels loved. We have stars of the week. We have uh, little love notes. You know, it isn't does not matter what what's happening, whether it's a gift or something, but there is a love note about how this person impacts the team and what they do for the, the greater community. And so loving on your team is everything. It really is. And it's hard as our team has grown. There's 75 women on staff now between the brands. And it's hard because it, there used to be, I, I always, it's this beautiful little image. I don't, we don't live in this house anymore, but our first house had this dining room and it had, you know, a little dining room table and it was not a small, it was not a big room. It was, it was pretty small, but our entire team and their husbands fit in that room for our very first, you know, like get together. And that was it. <laughs> that's all we, those were, that's all the people we had. And so I could give them a lot more time and energy individually. And now as a, a team of 75, it's hard to navigate how you you love on them, but we are really try to be methodical. Like we just worked on our staff year at a glance calendar. It has our, you know, the, the business's anniversaries. It has special luncheons. It has connection time with exec team. It has connection time with our core teams. It has connection time with our nail techs, our instructors. Like it's very planned out and very thought out to make sure all those different groups feel loved and taken care of because I can't be at all the places. I can't do all the things. And a team is only as strong as its weakest link. And so love, love, love and spoil your team and celebrate them and, and just be there. So scaling, this can only happen when your infrastructure is in place. So like I said, I'm that big idea like, ooh, we should do this. Oh, we should do that. Well, those ideas are great, but if I can't execute them, 
because I don't have the, the people in place, then they're just ideas. And so scaling can happen when you, when you bring more people in to help you take it to the next level. Example, okay, we have a lot of classes that are at capacity or full and waitlisted, and so we need to add classes. Well, we can't add classes if we don't add instructors. We need them to teach the classes. Well, this requires, you know, planning ahead and sometimes spending money in places that you don't necessarily see the return on anytime, anytime soon. Last year was one of those years for us. We brought on several full-time people because I made a list of all the things that we were doing all the things that I wanted to be doing and all the things that we were doing that maybe could be taken to the next level. And then I looked at the bandwidth of our current team and realized there is no way possible that that's going to happen. Now, you know, my accountant over the last, you know, few months was like, okay, well, payroll's higher, payroll's higher. I'm like, I know, but we will, sometimes that return doesn't get there but but you have to be, stay on top of it as as the leader to make sure if you're bringing in these people to add on the return does need to be there there needs to be a plan in place and goals set so that the income does come in to then offset the growth of the team so scaling can happen but you got to have the people there to help you to get it to the next level we actually have this we call it the rainbow dock and it's because every team member has a different color. So, it, you know, it's visually you can see who does what. And it's all their highlighted tasks. It's like, oh, so-and-so's in charge of this. So it's very clear who does what. And then they have to give, you know, like progress reports each week. So we can kind of see what everybody's doing. And we have all the meetings and they're broken down by team. And so you have to be the organizer of, of the teams but you can continue to grow when you have those people in place. Another thing I've learned over the years is put in the work up front. Like back in the day before I opened my very first business, I mean, I said yes to everything. I taught a free class everywhere. <laughs> I had this lovely little wagon in the back of my car and I would take the wagon out and I would, had a bunch of weights in my car and then I put the weights, you know, free weights and then I put the weights in and then I had the balls and I said yes to everything. I busted my hump like nobody's business before we opened because then I laid that strong foundation for when the doors finally opened. And when they did, those classes were full. And so I really do think it's not ever if you build it, they will come. You better build it. <laughs> And while you're building it, work your ass off in every different way to make sure that they come when the doors are open. And then as we've gone through, I think never be complacent. You know, 10 years later, I'm constantly tweaking, redoing, changing. My foot is always on the gas pedal, always. You know, we look at our events and our promotions in real time okay, here's our goals, here's what they are. At the end of it, how was it? Should we do that again or not? Because I can guarantee you think you can remember the next year. You're like, 
oh, it's our Black Friday promotion. How did we do? I don't know. (laughs) So it's a very, it's a, it's a great doc that we use to make sure that we are, are looking at what we're doing and making sure we're continuing to make it better. Because the second you get complacent, the second you are like, oh, well, we've been voted best fitness studio for 100 years and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, you're like, uh-oh. And I never want to be in that position. And so we constantly sit down and then think about what we did, what we're doing, where we're going, and how can we make it better. So you do have to have thick skin to be a business owner. <laughs> It's okay. You're you you have to be okay with getting feedback. The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, people need to feel comfortable coming to talk to you and you need to feel comfortable receiving feedback because that's how you get better. You know, sometimes there's feedback where you're like, Ugh, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like that's like I can't even believe they're complaining about that. You definitely get that. And you politely say, okay, thanks. I'll totally look into that. And then other times you're like, ooh, we need to like really think about that. You know, there's just small examples. Like we really struggled on adjusting some of our class times out at Lake Murray. And the clients kept kept coming and they're like, what about this? What about this? And we really did. We like tried it a bunch of different ways after they came back and gave us feedback. And I was fine with that. I was like, I told him, I said, keep telling us we want to get it right so we can fix the times. And I felt like because we had that open line of communication, they felt comfortable to come. And we finally were like, okay, yep. Thank you. We nailed it. This is exactly where we need to be. Having that thick skin is also twofold. I think you need to keep your eyes in your own lane and kind of put the blinders up. You know, there used to be two boutique fitness studios in Columbia, and that's it. And people didn't even know. They were like, what is boutique fitness? You know, (laughs) it was just us. It was a a tiny little block. And now different studios are popping up left and right. And I really don't pay attention to them because, you know, people block us on Instagram like, oh, they're going to steal our stuff, you know, steal our moves or whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do you think I have time to look at you? It actually was funny. This I recently this one of our clients was like, "Oh, so and so thought you copied her colors of her studio," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I don't even know what her name is or that they even had a studio until recently." It was kind of comical, but people, the bigger you get and the more clients you have and the more you got stuff going on, the more kind of people are. I hate to say out to get you, but you know, it just is, it's part of it. And you got to have the thick skin to be like, whatever. And you got to just kind of keep to your own, to your own self, your own team, your own studio, your own community, because you could look and be like, oh my gosh, well, they're offering two free weeks and we, we should too. And then you're constantly, it's like that keeping up with the Joneses thing. That's an exhausting hamster wheel. And so I have just, and all the years just kind of stayed in my own two lane and not really work worked or worried about what others were doing around me. And so I think it's just, I think it's a better way 
to be personally. What are your non-negotiables? I think you have to set up front what your non-negotiables are. Like one of mine is I love teaching and it will always be a part of my role. I, you know, love that we are a natural nail salon. We did not ever have acrylics and we won't. Like that is a non-negotiable for me. I feel like it's bad for our staff and our team and our people to be breathing that. I don't want it in their bodies. And, and so, you know, a lot of people have, Oh, I want acrylics. I'm like, it's just one of those non-negotiables that I like stand on two feet. I'm like, no, or should I like let others take the lead on design aspects of the planners now that we have this, a really solid foundation? I mean, maybe, but I love to, that's, it's such a creative outlet for me. And I have this way of thinking of how I want it to be. And so I am the one sketching and drawing and like, oh, let's move this here and that. And uh, those are just some of my non-negotiables. It's part of the, of why I got into business and what I love and something I, you know, different things I don't want to take out. So you kind of have to know what your non-negotiables are. Uh, so you can kind of keep your North star, pour your heart into what you do and who you do it with. But I hate to say this in a negative way, but you will get screwed. <laughs> it's just part of it. Uh, you know, I, I really used to take it so personally and just, it would kill me when something, you know, bad happened with a, an employee or a client. I would, I would just, I would, it would kill me because when you put something, when you put so much of your heart and soul into something, it it does, it's hard to, you're like, oh my gosh. But you know, it's part of it. And I have learned I would much rather put my everything into it and still have the, you know, the chance to get hurt than me just kind of living on the periphery and on the outside and not really putting my whole self into it. So, you know, just know that it's going to happen and there will be some tears and that's okay. It's okay. I promise you it's okay. I don't use the word balance because I feel like it's impossible. I, I, my new, I'm trying to find like a harmonious rhythm, if you will, for life. And I think as a business owner, you kind of have to find that for yourself. Schedule is really important. You know, you need to plan out, batch your time. I call them my reoccurring events. Like I know these are the meetings and the teaching and the people and all the things that I have to do each week at the exact same time. Here are the open blocks in time. And so some days super heavy in one business and some days super heavy in the other. It's not about finding an equal balance. It's about finding a harmonious rhythm between my personal life and my business life and each business and the employees that coincide with that business. So you want to make sure that your schedule is on point and just locked up tight and make sure you're not neglecting other areas of your life. You know, you don't want to be working, you know, (laughs) 15 hours a day and then barely sleeping and don't even know your own kids or your spouse. You have to have, you got to have a little bit of everything to have that full 
healthy, fulfilled, harmonious rhythm. Now, sometimes I do feel like you got to just work harder than everyone else. <laughs> sometimes it's just easy. You got to work your ass off and, and there are highs and lows of the weeks, but you just got to work hard. Like it's called work for a reason. I do believe I, I sometimes struggle because I feel like some of the the younger folks makes me sound so old, but they're like, I mean, I need this and a four day work week. I don't, you know, all the things, whatever. I'm like, I mean, you got to go to work. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to work hard. You got to keep, keep tabs on your numbers though. So I, we like to look at our KPIs weekly, you know, your key performance indicators. What are those in your business? What do you want to look at? How do you look at it? And it, like, if you're not a numbers person like me, uh, you have to make sure that that is, is on your weekly reoccurring list. So we look at ours every Monday morning because you don't want things to get so out of whack where you look at them, you know, at the end of the month and you're like, well, shoot, our goal on retail was, you know, X and we only hit Y. Well, if you kind of tracked it along each week, you'd know, well, shoot, we got to better pump it up a little bit because we are way off the mark. And so KPIs each week, know what, know your numbers. You got to just know your numbers. And in turn, the document that we, we, it's like our 90 day marketing calendar, but it has pretty much, it has a lot of, a lot of stuff in it. And so our marketing doc for each business looks at each month and it has on the left, you know, vertical column, it's what, you know, what the goals are and, you know, revenue we want to hit and promotions we're doing. It has all the different categories. And then at the bottom of each month, it's how did we do? And we like to work 90 days out. So I'm going to say it again. You got to plan ahead because you want to work 90 days in advance. We are currently working on in our studio, you know, like or our businesses, all the businesses, you know, we're like looking at March and April and we have January, February, March locked. Now we're just going back and fine tuning and, you know, you need the graphics and the emails and the automations and the, all the things, social media, what content do you need? And so that document's really important to kind of keep you on track for what needs to happen and what you need to do to get there. So again, like I talked about that batching of, of time and the reoccurring events, you know, example on Wednesday is content, which is kind of my, ugh, I hate doing, I hate doing it. I had to change my outfit so many times last Wednesday, <laughs> but the way of the world, you, you have to, you know, there's a lot of things you got to put out there. I, you need an Instagram story and a post and you need an email and you need a YouTube video. And so you have to be organized on what you need and what content you want to put out there. Cause you can't just decide, Oh, well today I need, you know, three videos and then I need a, YouTube, then I need a horizontal, you know, horizontal cause I want it on YouTube. And then I need six graphics and I need an email and you know, that's not, we got to just plan, plan, plan ahead. And in that, we need to never stop learning because things change real fast, y'all. So this year, I did a few things. I did like a, 
I went to Nashville and did like a women's kind of PR marketing retreat. I did a another women's retreat. I did an entire year long program on boutique fitness that I'm still currently doing, you know, books and podcasts. I think if you feel like you've arrived and you feel like, oh, well, I got it. I know all the things. Then that is where you start to fall back down the hill because you got to keep learning. You got to look at all the new ways and all the new things and know that it's all changing and you got to keep up with it. Okay. And lastly, you have to take some time for you. You don't want to burn out. At the end of the day, you have to make time you for yourself. You have to make time for the people you love, the things you love. Work is great. I love work. I love my businesses. I love what I do. But I also know that I'm the only one who can take care of me. And I enjoy spending time with my friends and my family. And so you have to you have to make sure you take some time. So y'all, I I love it. I could talk about all the things all day. I just I want to I want you to leave here and I want you to take some time to think about your business, maybe your future business. If you want to be in business, you know, schedule a strategy session for yourself, map out your next quarter and dive into, dive into the nitty gritty. And I would love to hear your thoughts because I could just talk about this all the time. And remember, y'all, you are beautiful, you are strong, and you are enough. And I will see you next time.